All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 1-800-707-9760, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-9760. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. If you're looking for a job, they're always hiring. Great company to work for. They do a lot of stuff for the community and surrounding areas. For more details, you can go to the website, tigersanitation.com, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so uh, before we move on, uh, also last night, um, the Phoenix Suns drew first blood by defeating the Mavericks. Um, I would probably say since the All-Star break, that's probably one of the worst defensive efforts I've seen from from Dallas since the All-Star break. Um, now, a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, some of that, I will say, not a lot. Some of that has to do with, you know, getting accustomed from going from one series to the next on the style of play uh, is one time that might take some teams a day, a game or so to get adjusted. A big part of that has to do with the size factor that the Suns have in the paint over Dallas. Okay, that's probably the bigger factor. Which, I mean, Suns, I mean, Dallas ain't going to grow between now and game two, three, or four. Uh, but a lot of that has to do, I think, with just the intensity and just give credit to, you know, Phoenix, and they just came out. You know, they really had – Phoenix had Dallas. Dallas had Phoenix's attention. So they came out. I mean, Chris Paul was shooting. I mean, Devin Booker looked pretty much – didn't show any ill effects for the hamstring to me. I'm not saying he's a not – he's not saying he's 100%. Uh, but I think Dallas did a decent job of fighting. I mean, I think it's a game wasted by Luca. I mean, like Jason Kidd said afterwards, like, hey, man, Luca balled out. He's got to have other people come to the party. Um, I think uh, our man Brunson, uh, you know, I think he's going to he's gonna have a hard time this series. I mean, he was on fire last series, but I think he's going to have a tough time. You know, he's going to see guys like Crowder coming over him sometimes. Uh, they've got different guys' size that can throw at him. I, I'm not saying that he won't be a factor at all. But I just don't see how it's going to be. Um, he, I don't know. I don't expect him really to get off as much as he did in the previous series against Utah because Utah's perimeter defense, we talked about it, was just horrible. Uh, but, you know, it's one game. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, Phoenix, they protected their court. I mean, I picked the Suns to win the series. Um, I just feel like, you know, Dallas is going the right direction. Um, but this is one of those that I think, you know, a health plays a little bit with, you know, with Dallas, um, you know, they don't have, they're missing a couple key guys, but I think Suns, you know, they're again, the closer they get to trying to get back to where they were last year to try to make up for what they came up short, the tougher they're going to be, uh, to get knocked, you know, to knock out. Um, also, uh, what else do we have? So you have those two games that went place last night, like tonight, um, you've got the Bucks in Boston in game two. I think this is a must win for, for, for Boston. I, I don't think, you know, Milwaukee's with them being the defending champs and having arguably maybe the now the best player in the league, if not the second best player in the league. I don't know if you can really afford to go 2 0 down and losing those two home games because at that point, you're not going to pretty much beat. I don't think Boston is that good enough or, uh, to beat. The Bucks four out of the next five games, you'd have to beat them just to win the series. So, you know, that's I think this is a mega game. What's the have you seen the what's the line on that game tonight? Got it right here on the Celtics by five. Favor. Mm, that's fishy. Again, 
Right up two points to seven. playing tonight is what that would tell me. He's questionable. But minus five would tell you I think he's uh, they got to be leaning toward him playing. Buy it up to two points at seven, and I think even in the losing that for Bucks, we'll probably cover that because because the Bucks this is the thing under again they got some veterans over there and Giannis and Coach Bud. I mean they're not they're not satisfied with just taking the first one. They're gonna try to come out here and, and take it two. And keep in mind the Bucks got off to a slow start in game one too. They had to fight back. You know, and they kind of did it with defense. And tonight I'm just trying to see, you know, Adoka, you know, what adjustments is Adoka going to make to kind of free up that three-point line that they've kind of ate well on during the playoffs and really what are they going to do to get some points in the paint. It's going to be hard. And, and again, I just feel that, it, you know, and the other thing that kind of, the only thing that frustrates me about watching the Bucks and that really pisses me off sometimes is uh, – Watch, watch it, Lopez. Lopez stays too far. I mean, he's almost damn like Carl Anthony Towns. His big ass stays too much outside the three-point line trying to jack up threes in regards to every time. If he would just stay down the paint, nobody's coming in there, and you get a lot of easy two buckets and maybe and ones. So I think that if Bud can make the adjustment and kind of make Lopez play more into the paint and then being down there still living out, it's going to be hard press for I believe for Boston to deal with to deal with them. There's no way that Milwaukee struggles to shoot the way they did in Game One, right? Uh, meaning, like I'm you sorry, don't I'm think that Milwaukee, Boston? You mean Boston? Boston? Um, I don't know, man. Because of, yeah, but that some of that had to do with because that's how they got back in the game. Some of that had to do with the Bucks' defense. You know, um, I, at least I know. At least I know the points of the paint did. Tatum didn't have any. Him and Brown didn't have any luxuries of going up there finger roll or dunking. They really didn't have that. And again, I told y'all yesterday. I got my eyes on Brown this series because Tatum's gonna get a lot of the Tatum's about to like that old saying goes. I remember you used to shoot dice, man. Or, you know, in in a, in a shop and at some of my boys' house back on the block. You know, don't let the radio thing fool you. But I used to shoot dice, and we used to have a thing say, "Hey, man, what make you laugh? Make you same thing? Make you laugh? Make you cry? You know, you hit you crap out on that seven. Oh yeah, give me that money. Same guy come in, can't hit that ten or four. Crap out. Oh, same thing. Make you laugh? Make you thrive. That's what I feel like Tatum. That way, your ass got her. Y'all, y'all harassed KD. You know, last series. I think be careful. The same thing and make you laugh, make you cry. Because I think Tatum. And Milwaukee, they're going to have link. They've got link for Tatum, too, and they're going to be around him and surrounding him. So, Mr. Brown, back to the big, big Brown. We're about to see what kind of series. If Jalen Brown, if his if his Batman, you know, kind of lost his utility belt. Isn't that what it was called, right? Yeah. Come on, you're a comic guy. You're you're one of those Comic-Con nerds. I'm a you Batman know that. guy specifically, okay. too. Okay. So, yeah, if they can't find that utility belt, you know, is is Jalen Brown going to come and get one? But they've got to win tonight. It's a must win for Boston. So you have that one. And then you got Golden State in Memphis, which I think is going to really be an exciting series. Um, you know, I just I found it was looking today. I didn't need I didn't know that Draymond Green went like podcast during the game after he got ejected. I mean, I'm like, damn, Draymond, you know, because it and the truth of it is and Draymond, I had to agree with the tweet last night, Draymond, you know, because Donkish took one in the package last night. And I know Draymond tweeted like I've been thrown out for a lot less, you know, because remember that that was a whole championship loss right there on that, that kick on LeBron. But um, Golden State is the same thing I say about Milwaukee. They haven't been here in a while in the last few years. But and go and the, if, if I'm a if I'm a Memphis fan. 
I'm concerned that we lost that game and Steph didn't really shoot that well. Um, Clay, you know, he didn't shoot it. They didn't shoot that well as a team. And not only that, you lost the court. They lost the quarterback of the team and Draymond Green, and they still found a way to win that game. That's what would be concerning if I was a Memphis Grizzly fan tonight. Um, I, I guess it's fair to say the same thing that I say about, you know, Milwaukee. I mean, that's not breaking news and me going on a limb. I think this is a must win for Memphis as well, too. Both of these teams got championship pedigree, speaking the Bucks and the Golden State. You can't lose two home games and expect to win a series against either one of these teams unless there are some injuries that take place, either for one of them. But tonight's going to be – that's going to be an interesting one in Memphis, but it should be electric. I think it's probably going to come down again to the fourth quarter. Um, but Memphis got to be able to bring it, and then they're going to understand that, you know, because what's going on with Memphis guards um, – I think it was Brooks' his name was the the one that good shooter, light skinned dude. Um, he, yeah, the well, guys like him. The other, the problem is, is that that is, takes a tear on your body when you and aware on your body when you're chasing Steph Curry off of screens for like four quarters. Okay, I mean that. I mean you. These guys are in good shape, but there's all, like I tell you, there's levels to everything in life, and 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 Steph Curry. I mean, come on. I mean, running around chasing him. So that's going to affect them a little bit on the shooting. And the other thing, I one note before we go to Mike's phone call, the other point about that game I would be worried about if I was Memphis is that we lost a game that Jackson, you know, Jackson Jr., that he shot the ball. I don't expect him to shoot threes like that again. Not, I mean, he might show up another game, get that high, but I don't expect him to be able to shoot like that the whole series, and they wasted that game. But we'll see what happens. And another thing, what is up with Steph and his free throws? This guy is the best career free throw shooter in the NBA, and this guy has struggled since last series. He missed two. He missed a technical foul this series. I mean, this past game, I think he missed a free throw. He's missed like six free throw. I know that's nothing to some guys. I mean, but he's shooting like 78% from the free throw line, which Shaq would have took that all day. But that's Steph. Steph, you're talking about a 91% career career free throw shooter, 92%. But that's another side note. I want to see if it's just a mental thing with him, if he can get it going. But we'll see. 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 uh, in 1300 Zone. What's up, man? Yeah, man. I know I know it's basketball, but um, uh, you did have a, a football story yesterday with, uh, with Hopkins. Uh, and I wanted to talk about that. You know, you were, you made a comparison yesterday between baseball and football. Um, Hopkins, it's obvious to me. Um, this guy here, more than likely, he was injured. In, he probably was taking a, a drug, from what I maybe to help him with, uh, you know, to feel better. You know, to help him recover. You know, from his injury. You know, I don't think he was doing it. You know, to um, you know, to get stronger or faster or whatever. I think he, I think he was probably doing it for an injury. But like I said, like you said yesterday, man, I got a big problem with the way they discriminate against the NFL and the uh, baseball. Um, if this was a baseball player, I guarantee you he would get more than six ball game uh, suspension. Uh, I know that they don't play as many games in the NFL, but Hopkins, as far as I'm concerned, he needs to be suspended more than six games. Uh, then the, gets more time than what he's getting because he he has taken an illegal drug and like I say it, it, a six game suspension that's that's not gonna deter guys from taking drugs you got to really hit these guys where it hurts at and I'm not talking about putting him out for the whole year but he needs to be out more than six games 
to, to show other players that is not playing games with these um, with these steroids or foreign substances that these people are using. And I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. All right, Mike, thanks for the phone call. Well, first of all, that take was today, not yesterday. I know you kind of get sidetracked. You try to multitask. Uh, but that was today's take about the baseball. But about an hour ago. Um, well, Mike, I mean, if you say, I mean, you in the one breath you say not, you know, not saying he's the whole game, whole season, but not enough six. I mean, damn, that's almost half the season. I mean, but I don't know where your number would have been at. But I, I just all I was saying was is that. And I think in the NFL, yeah, there's a lot of things these guys, and that goes back to you know people that say, hey, you got to be responsible for what you put in your body, which is true. But I think a lot there's more chances of NFL players taking things that trigger certain things in their body that would cause them to fail a certain test more than I think baseball players, in my opinion. Baseball players kind of know. I'm just saying it's from a, a optics thing and just from a reality. It's like that, you know, why is it that NFL players get a little bit more pass to win? And what I meant by that, not on the level, Mike, of suspensions, because like you said, you brought up the good point. I mean, you're talking about 82, I mean, you're talking about 162 games compared to, you know, 17 in football. And, I mean, like I said, that's almost a half a season suspension. But my point is not really about the suspension. It's just the perception of the fans and the media. You know, every time that there's an NFL player that, you know, gets popped for PDs or fails a test, you go in a situation where it's like, oh, okay, wow, how many games? It's not – we don't go automatic to, well, man, we need to look at his stats then. How many catches did he – how many catches did Hopkins have? Well, damn, is this why he's been good? Is this why he never drops anything? We, we're not just programmed to say that. We don't program to do that. And I think part of that has to do just with MLB and their history and their and their numbers. It's a number sport. What you got? In baseball, it's a it's a half a season if you uh-huh. get pop for PEDs. Uh-huh. The NFL typically across the board. I mean, you get you get hit with a PED suspension. It's going to be six games. Mm-hmm. So there's no, I don't think there's, you know, to look at it, there's no favorable treatment being handed down to Hopkins or anything like that. Um, it, it It's just, that's the letter. Now, he released a statement. Go ahead and read the statement for the audience of what he released. Yeah, he said uh, on Twitter, he said, uh, in my 10-year NFL career, I've never tested positive for using performance-enhancing drugs. To learn that my November test came back with trace elements of a banned substance, I was confused and shocked. I am very mindful of what I put in my body and have always taken a holistic approach, so I am working with my team to investigate how this could have happened. But even as careful as I have been, clearly I wasn't careful enough. For that, I apologize to Cardinals fans, my teammates, and the entire Cardinals organization. I never want to let my team down. I fully intend to get to the bottom of this. As soon as I have more information, I will share it. Um, Good statement. Um, whether it came from him or his PR team, I mean, I kind of believe him. DeAndre Hopkins got a good credit report uh, on the field and off the field. Hell of a story with him and his mother and what his mother went through and been through. Um, so I kind of believe him, you know. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, it it sucks for the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, you know, um, from an on-the-field standpoint. And how they adjust and what they do. I mean, because like I said, if this is, and to me, it makes me wonder, like, is is this explaining the desperation of the one, the number one draft, a number one or first round draft pick for Hollywood Brown? I mean, because we just found out about this yesterday at around this time, almost about 15, 20 minutes later this time, this is when it's leaked and started breaking. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure the Arizona Cardinals knew about this last week. That's a that November this, test. That, that, that this yeah. was coming down. But I don't even damn whether he was going to be suspended 12 games. A number one for Hollywood Brown, that was a desperate move. That was desperate if somebody was on that yak. Somebody was on that yak or had a whole case of Zing Zang to go ahead and basically uh, do that. Like, come on, man. I mean, the first round for him. That, and think about that. First round for Hollywood Brown. First round pick. Houston got for DeAndre Hopkins. A first round pick, right? It was a third. No, nah, was it a third David for the Houston John, game? David Johnson. Okay, for it. It was a third. They did, the, the Arizona didn't get, I mean, Texas didn't get a first round. Oh, they got a third. A third. Right, and okay, David third. Johnson, so, okay. Yeah. yeah, that was a steal. But my point is a, a fourth. fourth. Wow. My point is, though, what did, okay, and then who? what other receiver got a, a number one for a first round? Anybody else I'm missing AJ, in the last couple of years? Sam? Okay, uh, real, the Hopkins trade was Hopkins and a fourth-round pick to Arizona for David Johnson, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. Okay. And okay. then A.J. Brown was, what, first and a third? Okay, so A.J. Brown got a first and a third. Brown, Hollywood Brown, the other Brown from Baltimore, got a first. They gave him a first round. What did uh, Amari Cooper what, was? A that, I was just about to. That's what my whole point doing. I was about to say, what did I was just? You just took the thunder because I was about to ask him, what did Dallas get for Amari Cooper? A fifth round and uh, the chance to swap picks in the sixth round. <laughs> yeah, that's how you beat me to the punch, but that's where I was going. That's why I was doing roll call there. Hey, man, it is what it is. All right, man, when we get back, we'll get to Santos' phone call. Got some other things to touch. I want to talk about Brittany Griner, that her situation's been upgraded to a different situation. I got some questions about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here from Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included, and whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, says for the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this last segment of the day will be sponsored by Zing Zang, two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. You can try out any of their new flavor, pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right. So, a um, couple things before, uh, well, we did have Santos on hold, but he hung up. But uh, before we go, uh, if he calls back, a couple of things I want to touch on. Um, Brittany Griner, um, I guess her situation has been upgraded to what, Jonas? She is officially wrongly, uh, wrongfully imprisoned. Right. Um, imprisoned. My That's thing is word. like, look. Of course, because I know there's a section of people out there. Trust me, I've had these conversations even in my barbershop. Okay, um, it don't it ain't it don't get no blacker than my barbershop. I'll tell you that, man. You can catch anything there, anything a movie, anything like that you want to. Uh, that we've had these conversations, and they feel like, hey, man, she knew what she was doing. What you had to pay, like you can't be messing around over there. Yeah, I get it. I know there's a section of people that still say, hey, hey, you do that. Whatever she was trying to take on the plane. But let's keep it real. Number one, I understand I got to investigate stuff, but I know Jonas and I, we were both talking this from day one. When this happened in that first week, the actions took place and the attack and the invasion on Ukraine with Russia, we knew automatically that the time was wrong and she was going to become a quote unquote a political prisoner of war. I just don't know what took it so long for them to approach it like this. And I know you've got to go the diplomat way. And, you know, I'm not the one to speak on from a radio show about what entails of that. So I'm not trying to, you know, talk to, you know, down on our government or whatever, but it was like, okay, just now took long. And then it started to me thinking like, again, and I don't want to be one of, I don't want to be that guy. But again, can you imagine? I mean, there's probably not like Brittany Griner is, I'm not going to say she's LeBron, but she's like, she's, she's Katie or Steph of the WNBA. Okay. And I can't imagine any NBA player on that level. And if they were playing in Russia overseas in the offseason, I can't imagine war or not there would be any NBA player or NFL athlete of a certain stature of Brittany Griner that would be sitting over there long as they have. I think we would have got more involved regardless of what's going on. And this just shows, again, you know, um, the way – I mean, women can stick, especially minority women, can stick this in their craw about the way they, um, the way they're treated. I mean, just the way that we 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 treat them. I mean, especially African American women. I mean, I know African American men. I mean, we feel like we catch hell. We we got hell going on. But like they always say, not maybe as much as the black woman in general. Now, I granted. I mean, she broke a rule. And Russia, I still think that it was almost a setup because my thing, Brittany probably been doing that as long as she's been playing over there Russia. She probably made that trip on that plane and went through them security checks with that same stuff time after time again. We won't know until she, you know, hopefully uh, when she returns home to U.S. soil safely, um, eventually she'll speak on this. But I just thought that this news finally coming because it's been I mean, I get it. I understand we've been dominating even on this show with NFL trades uh, NFL offseason news. We had the draft. Now we're in the NBA playoffs. We've had the Masters. Uh, you know, you got baseball striking in the season start. There's been a lot going on with this. 
you know, be lost in the shuffle, not get that much attention. But when it kind of goes silent and then all of a sudden USA Today and other news outlets are saying, hey, she's been upgraded to now like she's, unra- you know, un- you know, lawfully being held for overtime. It's like, man, it took you a while to that, but now it's to that point. So I don't know exactly where they are in the process or how much longer it's going to be, but I know WNBA officials and part of the government involved said they're going to try to do what they can quickly to get her back home safe. Well, the wrongfully detained part would lead me to believe, like we were talking about before, that this it, it, it tells me this was a setup or that like, like the substance isn't really there. Um, hmm. the, the wrongfully detained part, which is why I think that the United States and it takes a long time to make the statement because they want to do their due diligence to investigate before they make an official statement on it. But of course, there's a reason why it's coming to light, and because the WNBA season starts on Friday. Damn! And so you've got already. The, yep, you've got the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, will have a home game against the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, this Friday. And Brittany Griner's not going to be on the court. And I know the WNBA has said that they're going to have her initials on the center of the court through the games um, until she comes back home. I did hear they, they were going to do that. Um, but, again, yeah, all you can hope she does uh, get back safely. But to me, it just had me thinking. And, I, like I said, I don't want to be that guy. But I'm like, there's not an NBA player on her stature where she's at that could get detained and be stuck over there in that country that long. Okay, and like I said, as long as Britney's been playing over there, I know they know who she was. She, They know. I mean, you know, she helps their economy, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, you damn near almost think, wonder if she had dual citizenship as much as, as long as she's been over there and how long she's been going overseas and play. And then as I've also heard people through this whole process on the WNBA side and certain women saying like, oh, yeah, if you pay us more, we'd have to take our ass over there and be playing in the off, off season. Can't really shoot that down either. Can't tell them to be quiet on that one either. That's, that's a point in that well. So hopefully she gets back. A um, couple other things um, to uh, touch on. But tonight's games, like I said, you know, I went with Golden State in the series, of course. It's going to be very interesting how a young team responds in this situation, uh, especially with the type of season Memphis has had. And uh, the other game with Boston and Milwaukee, that's going to be one of those. What are the adjustments that Adoka is going to be able to make? Because everything Adoka has done in the Brooklyn series, pretty much, man, everything Adoka has done since the All-Star break has been gold. And he really was batting a thousand against Steve Nash and Brooklyn. But even though I wasn't a big fan of Bud, Bud ain't no Steve Nash. He he been a little seasoned a little bit more. Bud probably thinking like, yeah, you sat over there about ten. I sit on this bench for twenty. You know, so you know, so therefore it's going to be interesting. I mean, they know each other and how they you know prepare and how they they're, they're coached. So that's going to be interesting too in the in game adjustments. What do you got? Do you think the Celtics were kind of feeling themselves a little bit after the sweep of the Nets? Had some time off, feeling uh, you, know, you continue rolling from the regular season from that All Star break, and you feel yourself a little bit. I would say yes to that if they would have been facing another opponent besides the defending champs in Milwaukee. Like you're gonna get up from you're gonna have the as Pop would say you're gonna have the proper fear for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I can't say that they were filling themselves too much. Oh well, we 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 the Celtics. We're gonna run nine not against the Bucks and Giannis. Even after it comes down that they're gonna be without Middleton, you don't think that that kind of just makes you settle back a little bit. Think it might be a little bit easier. 
not to this point because they because they came out. I mean, if you remember that start of that game on Sunday, they came out pretty blazing, Boston. I mean, you know, they had a an eight to ten point lead at some point in the first quarter. Uh, they did have a double digit lead in the first quarter, and Milwaukee started making them turn the ball over and went like on a seven eight zero run and ended up having a what two point lead or something like that at the end of the first quarter. And then the rest was history. They just and you know Boston made some runs, but I never thought Milwaukee was in danger of losing that one. But in series, it's all about you know the the adjust the adjustments of the series. So um, that's that. Other other news and notes we touched on a little bit on the the NFL situation. Now, according to um, you know certain reports, we were talking. A matter of fact, we we're just talking about trades and stuff before we went to the last break in Brown and Hollywood for one. According to A.J. Brown, he believes Jalen Hurts – well, he's not believe. He knows that Jalen Hurts pushed the front office and the organization to make this trade and to get him on board. And also what I found out is that Tennessee turned down multiple trade offers from Philly before they decided on this. Like, nah, man, we ain't going for that. You need to do better. So, uh, But to hear that – you know, and this goes back to kind of Mike's point yesterday – in regards to Sam, well, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the guy. This is a mistake. And Jay, well, let me tell you something. I've known this has all been geared toward finding out if he's a quarterback or not of the future, speaking of Jalen Brown. But what this does show is that if you really went to the front office and told them to get this is your guy, for one, they really like you. And number two, they're wanting you to be that guy. Because no keep in mind, man, um, uh, Howie Roseman, them guys up there in Philly, I mean, any GM, you don't want to have to go search for quarterback. You just really want to check that off the list, okay? If you you can get that and check, you don't have to worry. It's a lot easier trying to go find you a shutdown corner, find you an elite corner. There's not really really no shutdown corners in the league anymore. I get tired of that, uh, you know, I get tired of that phrase getting thrown around so much. But a top-tier corner. And you might have to go want to find you an elite pass rusher or, you know, but they have to sit there. So to me, they want Jalen to be the guy. But by them saying by A.J. Brown telling us that, hey, Jalen Hurts is the one that told him to come get me. Then they really do believe in Jalen Hurts. And I mean, he saw some glimpse. I saw some glimpse from him last season. But um, and again, the the here the number that supposedly according to Tennessee that A.J. Brown asked him for 80 guaranteed. Man. I would have told AJ if I was in front, like, well, you want to get like, did you just see that we had a defense that got eight sacks on Joe Burrow in the playoffs, and we still lost that game because we had a quarterback to turn it over three times, and we don't even know that, but we want me to give you $80 million? I'd be like, man, uh, you bringing James Brown with you too? You going to bring him for over there? Maybe I'll give you 80 guaranteed on that if you bring back the godfather soul, but I ain't get $80 million guaranteed. These receivers have lost their damn mind, man. They done lost their mind. You know, I mean, again, and, and and maybe I need to get used to it because it does come down to the money is growing in the NFL and every position is trying to crack through. And like, because trust me, as much as I'm sitting on here complaining and gripe about, oh, man, he ain't worth that money. This receiver, every receiver in the NFL that's on a rookie contract or coming in is doing high fives and cheering Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, they're changing them all because they might not ever see that money, but it raises the scale level of what they're going to get. 
You know, so that that's one of those things that it might be that. But again, I just feel like that position is going to be the position that's really going to sit there and have GMs on like, you know what? We're stuck on that. We're stuck. I mean, prime example. I mean, look at I mean, look at the guy I just talked about in the first hour that's in the NBA playoffs, James Harden. Okay? Del Murray is stuck with this dude. Like this is what I'm saying like they look what they traded for to get him. Okay? And then look at the t- they traded him knowing that if we get him, we're going to have to give him this extension and this money. And look at the performance that he's given right now so to the playoffs. They're going to be stuck with him for the next few years. That's why I say this honeymoon in Philly is almost over with the fan base, the city of Philly. Okay? They don't have a they, they don't have a you know the the seventy six are faithful. They don't have a a fan. They don't have a thousands and millions of Jonas Clarks running around. Like hey man, James, just give us a time, man. Maxie's only like twenty. Give him time. No, not in Philly. Like what? So we had one guy so that was scared. Five and years this is with the thing. Embiid, six years with Embiid. Well, Embiid's a. I mean, he's a he's a talent. He's, he's, he's finally coming into his own. I'm not saying Maxie. No, but I'm saying just your take about that. Oh, Give yeah. us some, some young guys. So the honeymoon's going to be over. But back to Jalen Hurts. I mean, that if that's true with A.J. Brown standing there. Also, um, next, I think it's next Tuesday or Thursday, man, that the, the NFL schedule gets released. And did you catch what the NFL draft was doing? Like, the NFL is really getting greedy because the NFL now, like, again, I don't know about – I like seeing some of the old-time greats get up there and announce the team, the, the who the draft pick. But some of these guys up there talking too damn long. There was one guy that they had to give him almost the Apollo Sandman. Like, man, get your ass – like, we got to go. The lady walked up like, you're taking too long. You can tell some guys ain't been in front of a crowd trying to soak it up. But did you catch the NFL with, uh, you know – Tony Gonzalez and all those things. They slid in that schedule like, hey, we're going to – we know, but we're going to give you all a treat. They never released a gameplay during the draft, but they announced that, hey, you know what, the Chargers and the Kansas City, they're going to play – I forgot, I think that was week two they announced. And granted, where did they say you're going to have to find them at? Amazon? That was an Amazon announcement. I'm like, man, here we go. Another service that we just going to have to get besides Netflix and everything else. Those whole guest the whole guest announcers was pretty bad, and uh, you got to a lot of them didn't fully read the card or properly read the card. Yeah, and that's that's those kids' one shining moment, man. Like hmm. this, you 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 go through all your high school preparation, you rise up, you're one of the best 262 in this class, and you have a guy go up there and, and whether it's saying the wrong school, yeah, you. Wrong name, whatever. And mm-hmm. it's just like, man, come on. Even had some memes. Yeah, 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 some grandmamas staring down at some women at the draft table like, yeah, you're getting a little too excited over there, girl. You know? Anyway, sorry, Santos, man, my bad. I left you on hold. Call back tomorrow, man. You'll be one of the first ones in. Beat Mike to it. You'll be the first one in, man. But anyway, all right, man, that's a wrap for today. Special thanks to producer of the show, Jonas Clark, uh, Mr. Sandsmith, the one and two, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up at Tyler, people up the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South region, and my people in Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you to snooze button and for you rock the rack, just sat yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow.